This time, I know not the mind probe, episode number 79, Cool Refreshing Armageddon. Welcome to Oh Not the Mind Bro. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. Very good. good ice warrior. Uh, I think anyway. Uh, I think it's a very, very good, good ice warrior. Yeah, yes. very good ice warrior. Which uh, you will find more uh, about more about the ice warriors in this podcast or at your local library. Yeah, just go to your local library or say, "Sorry, I'm, I'm stumbling a little bit because uh, I'm trying to avoid uh, using a script out of solidarity for." for the Writers Guild of America. We've, we've been in solidarity with them yeah. for two and a half years here. We've I never... Mean, a lot of, yeah, a lot of... You know, when, when I see people on the street, and often they do come up to me now that we're on YouTube, and it's hard to go anywhere now and be left alone, but, you know, they say... Oh, no, not the mind probe just seems like such a tightly scripted hour of like, <laughs> right. you know, and, and it's true. I mean, we have writer's rooms and we have rehearsals and dress and tech. I mean, it takes a lot to get this out. Um, but now we got to wing it. I, I I will not use a script uh, because writers, writers make the world go. And, you know, I, I, in all seriousness, support your writer's guild. Uh, Doctor Who is a show that is really, truly about the writing. More than anything else, uh, they of course are not affected by this, right? <laughs> but the American ones also do a very good job, uh, and uh, and they should they deserve more for what they create. There would be no uh, entertainment period of any kind if any kind. writers, yeah, nothing That's would right. entertain people except podcasts, except unscripted podcasts like this one where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I've been watching Doctor Who for thirty eight years. Thirty eight years. That's crazy. Crazy. Time. My name. <clears throat> Sorry, step on your 38 years. That's let's really let that land and yeah. sink in. <laughs> 38 years. Uh, I am Porter Mason and John Grant, yeah. you just heard, has been asking that me guy. to watch Doctor Who for 26 years. And a couple of years ago, I finally said yes. So each episode of the podcast, we look at two Doctor Who stories. Mm-hmm. We're going through the new series in order, which we stress uh, because Very I, it important. almost feels like. <laughs> Look, it's just it's just going to be the next one after this. It's always the same one. But then hmm. here's the little wrinkle. Yep. Our Doctor Who sommelier, John, hmm. pairs that story with a classic Doctor Who story. So, John, see how that works. what link did you have between the Cold War, which features the Ice Warriors? Yeah. What episode did you possibly pick to link with that? Yeah. You know, well, okay, so it's going to come out of left field for folks. Uh, but yeah. yes, uh, we start with Cold War. Uh, that is uh, Matt Smith and Jenna Coleman. Uh, we're carrying on with our fresh new TARDIS team uh, uh, and they, on the Soviet sub. And I bet there'll be a lot of Hunt for Red October discussion in this podcast. Ooh, yes. Uh, also with a yes, great... Please. <laughs> gate guest from David Warner, uh, who is, of course, a very well-known sci-fi actor. And yes, we have paired that with the original uh, introduction of the Ice Warriors, the Patrick Trout, Second Doctor, Jamie, Victoria story uh, featuring uh, you know, the, the yin to David Warner's yang, Peter Salas of Wallace and Gromit fame. Uh, and so, yeah, there we go. All right, let's hey. recap yeah. these episodes. We're going to start with... Cold War, not the Cold War. By the way, no. often when I'm getting set to run to to run these podcasts, here, here I just put myself running the podcast to record. You are the showrunner. You are the showrunner. <laughs> I look up the episode and kind of mm-hmm. bring up some of the material about 
the episode that's on the web and some tabs on this browser. And I will tell you that if you just search for Cold War, mm-hmm. it doesn't bring up the Doctor <laughs> Who episode. You, it'd be, I mean, be kind of really... great if we did 20 minutes of you just going, well, so uh, first one started, Churchill gave an Iron Curtain speech. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> Actually, let's first really dive into post-World War One Europe and then the, really set the stage here. How, where, how did we get here? Well, anyway, no, we're talking that's about... Backstory. Cool. That's all backstory. That's all backstory. Is the Doctor Who episode, yeah. And it is, in a way, because this episode is about you the gotta know. War. This is Season 7, Episode 8. It is the 234th story mm-hmm. of, of the 200... I'm sorry, I believe 300 currently Doctor Who stories. It aired the 13th of April, 2013. As you mentioned, it's the 11th Doctor and Clara. This is... It's not Clara's... It's kind of Clara's first, mm, like, not related Time to her travel? origin outing. It's kind of like just a straight ahead, right? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, this Rings of Akatan, this is her first trip into the past, although it's, a, it's not really a particularly exciting I guess the Rings path. of Akatan... That was space, that was her trip to space, no, but no, then we met her a... parents, and there was a that's whole I mean. sort of, yeah. like, felt like it was tying into her plot, like, this feels like it doesn't, I yeah, mean, they... she's just in it, yeah, 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 yeah. she's just in it. She's part um, of the show. Her, her, it she's is... now a meaningless cipher. <laughs> yes, <laughs> finally, <laughs> thank <laughs> you, thank you. So, anyway, uh, we have a clip from this episode, which I will share with you now. Skelet, wait, wait, wait! He's arming the warheads. Where is the honor in condemning billions of innocents to death? Five thousand years ago, Mars was the center of a vast empire, the jewel of this solar system. The people of Earth had only just begun to leave their caves. Five thousand years isn't such a long time. They're still just frightened children, still primitive. Who are you to judge them? I am Skeldak. This planet is forfeit under Martian law. Then teach them, teach them. Grand Marshal, show them another way. Show them there is honor in mercy. Is this how you want history to remember you? Grand Marshal Skaldak, destroyer of Earth. Because that's what you'll be if you send those missiles. Not a soldier, a murderer. (laughs) Five billion lives extinguished, no chance for goodbyes. A world, a world snuffed out like a candle flame. All right, all right, Skaldak, you leave me no choice. I'm a Time Lord. Skaldak, I know a thing or two about sonic technology myself. A threat. You threaten me, Doctor. No. No, not you. All of us. I will blow this sub up before you can even reach that button, Grand Marshal. Blow us all to oblivion. You would sacrifice yourself. In a heartbeat. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, see, exactly. And Matt Smith really always just brings the heat whenever he's performing. It's not, it's not a, uh, you know, he is, he is every performance is he's working, he's working hard. Tension on the high seas. Yeah. Uh, so here we are in 1983, and we are aboard a Soviet sub, and we find, by the way, midway through the episode, that they do a. Hunt for October thing without though they just jump into the middle of it and everyone on the Soviet sub is speaking British English <laughs> <laughs> which Clara remarks on later saying like how do they all speak English and he has to remind her no no the TARDIS is affecting us that we can speak r- perfect Russian but actually you know we don't notice it. anyway here we are we're Anywho. in a Soviet sub a Soviet nuclear sub I should mm-hmm. say because there are also Soviet tactical subs there's lots of different kinds oh, of subs and, a, and, a, and a, cool, a cooler is that one a cooler class yeah there are different classes 
<clears throat> so this, uh, we when we get on there, they're right in the middle of a missile launch drill. And, mm-hmm. you know, these subs are fascinating. I think that's why there's so much stuff about nuclear subs, or I should say, again, like nuclear missile subs, launching mm. subs, boomers, Ooh. because their good, good entire... One, purpose is just to start a nuclear war like that's the only reason they exist they're not tactical in any way there's not i mean they can fight off other subs but that's their purpose and so when they're running this drill at the beginning to launch their missiles you know they would drill this they do drill this regularly because that's the only purpose so you're just regularly drilling destroying the world starting world war three and destroying Mm -hmm. the world so it's Mm -hmm. kind of fascinating tense tense there's tension there i feel like the idea For Mm -hmm. those kids out there who are not sufficiently scared of this, because it it has never gone away. This this still exists. Yeah, It was a bigger deal, certainly in those 60s, as we were building up our nuclear arsenal. But it never has really dipped past the point where this isn't true. At this moment, at all times, there's enough nuclear weapons pointed between countries at each other. That the entire world could just be destroyed like, like seven times, I think is the yeah, like, yeah, something like that. It, and <laughs> meaning they could all the buttons could be pressed and all the missiles would be in the air. Like nothing happens after that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. The only way we'd have a like post nuclear holocaust or whatever an apocalypse afterward is if only one launches and then nothing else happens, and right. then which is possible, I guess. But like yeah, no, I, and, and I the, think if we're, look if we're go, we got to go for it. Once we start it, we got to go. For, we're all in. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and this is sort of the what the concept of mutually assured destruction, which is discussed a lot in this mm-hmm. episode, is about. Which is the idea of we have to make it so such that the chess move, the chess moves are preordained such that if you make the first move, you know that what you are in effect to doing is making all the other moves. Like mm-hmm. you are causing all of that and it keeps everyone in a, in a stasis where that's the yeah. hope. Yeah. <laughs> Which means, so this is, a, of course, we are somewhat steeped in this because um, we both uh, had our fingers on the button during the 80s. A lot of people don't know this that we had. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, but it's interesting. Like, okay, what is a, what is a, 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 a you know, intelligent 15 year old who's watching Doctor Who? watch the story what do they think is this just like well, that's weird what's happening why are they doing this like i'd be, yeah. be curious like what is the actual knowledge of this um because it is i guess it is kind of a moment of like most doctor who time travel is like oh let's go back to the victorian age and i'm like ah that's right. crazy. but then it's like we're going back into history and it's like the 80s and it's like oh. but, <laughs> but, although it is pretty far ago at this point yeah, I mean, it's as it's of it's today's date it's 40 years ago but mm-hmm. like when this aired it was 30 years ago but still i think it is worth saying like these subs are still around mm-hmm. and the tension mm-hmm. maybe isn't there in the same way though we obviously still have a lot of tension with with russia and the u.s yeah, but they keep invading stuff yeah but <laughs> but i think what's weird is that it's just fallen into the background that these nuclear subs still exist like yeah. and, and all sorts of not just them but all sorts of missiles all over the country and and again, we get into disarmament talks at times, although I, I think most recently because of the Ukraine war, that's really stalled and I think Russia pulled out right? of it. Yeah. yeah. Like that. <clears throat> but it's just fascinating. Anyway, so that's the idea of mutually assured destruction yeah. is that you put this in place, these kind of chess moves to prevent the actors from moving forward. It's right. it's not quite the same as like a prisoner's dilemma, right? I'm, I'm not I don't know as much about that. No, logic stuff. It, no. It's sort of a. It, it is sort of a logic play here of like, we do this not because we actually it's want chicken. to do it, but chicken. it prevents the other actor from moving. Right. You've ripped uh, you've ripped the steering wheel off the car. So, so this was, I, I studied nuclear strategy in college. Again, this is how old we are. Uh, and the, the professor said the only way to win uh, is it's a game of chicken. Uh, and, and, you know, two cars heading towards each other. And that's the game to see is who will move first. 
Uh, and, you know, the professor said the best way to win the game of chicken is as you're heading towards the other car is to rip the steering wheel off your car and hold it out the window and drop it <laughs> to signal, I can't turn anymore. So now the person coming at you has to turn because they're like, well, the other person, I, uh, you've, you've changed the game so that they know. Any. So anyway, folks, if, uh, don't play chicken, uh, please. <laughs> That's dangerous. Uh, if you have any nuclear weapons, uh, throw them out. That'd be nice. Just it's just a mind probe plea for Pete. Um, That's right. Throw out your nuclear weapons. If you just put them out in the curb uh, and, and recycle them, if if they're if they're recyclable, but uh, send them off. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. by the way, this is all backstory to say. Like, <laughs> as they're doing this, uh, they're they're the charges comes on the submarine. As they're running this nuclear drill, they're like, oh, by the way, we got this hunk of ice that we're thawing out. Uh, how, it was like, how do they get this on here? But there's a hunk of ice they found down below. And they're defrosting it. What they find is an ice warrior, uh, which is a being, a cybernetic being, like Mm -hmm. a kind of a half man, half uh, machine being from Mars. Mm. And uh, they don't know what it is. So, of course, they shoot at it. And that doesn't go well. And then the doctor explains what it is. It's this warrior race of people. You've basically started a war with it because you immediately (laughs) started shooting at it. And then also we find that, hey, this happens to be the most famous warrior ever, ice warrior ever, or the most heralded. It's always the way. General, yeah. And uh, so they have him chained up and and they basically said like, look, well, I don't know what to do here because you've found the most honorable, like greatest warrior ever and you've shot at him and put him in chains. So basically he's going to do everything he can to declare war on our entire planet yeah and he's trying to reach out to find his past but they tell him he's been in the ice for five thousand years so not looking good for getting back in touch with you know the relatives yeah no that's what happens that's what happens to people so so they talk about it and they decide clara would be the best person really to talk to him yeah wait why did they send her oh because the the guy shot at him and the doctor i think had already confronted him and they needed someone who did not have a history no i think wasn't it sort of the the commander he said you can't go in they they uh, know you're you're the other commander yeah. and then the doctor said i need to go in and the the commander said i know we can't lose you or something like that it was more mm. something like that i didn't totally get yeah, that the commander by the way is this actor who looks just like jean renault but his name is liam cunningham he's also been tons of stuff mm-hmm. but and he's he a wonderfully looks- he's like a wonderfully like like he could have just been sean connery's like lighting double like <laughs> <laughs> he just looks, he's got the beard. He it's just great. looks like he's he's Connery in Red October, but not quite. So he get the the what we find is the ice warrior kind of gets out of his suit. Just the just the the goo part of him, just the organic parts of him yep. gets the out little, of him and slithers around part. like a sluggo and That's jumps true. around. That hadn't happened before. We never saw that before. Oh, we didn't see the ice warrior come out yeah, of there. Never. They, we didn't. Yeah. It was sort of uh, yeah. We, we knew they had kind of bionic suits, but we didn't realize that they would pop out of them every. And they they. We'll talk more about in the Ice Warriors, but they did a good job of modernizing. It looked much cooler. It looked really cool. Yeah. yeah. Although, except for the, I did think the maybe they didn't quite have the when uh, when it was out of the shell and climbing around, and then it would like reach down and grab people. It was just like this very skinny arm, with, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was very long arm. It was just kind of like, oh, I mean, a little more work on that. But anyway, well, so. Ultimately, we're beginning the mutually assured destruction, which is already taking place with the Soviet sub itself. But then also Skaldak, basically the doctor and and also he's just outright saying that you threatened him. He can't Mm -hmm. get in touch with his race. He's sort of cornered. And we've 
dishonored him mm. and so basically he's like i'll just destroy your planet then like yeah. this is my only move <laughs> it's all i can do they ultimately a couple things happen one clara notices that there was a certain point where he where she and i guess like the science officer or something like that there was yeah. a professor yeah. on the David ship warner yeah is uh there with skull deck mm-hmm. and he doesn't kill this he could kill the science officer right has him in his hands and does not and moves on and cleric kind of brings up saying like you showed compassion mm-hmm. what you know wh- wh- for what what is the logic in showing it then but you know then not showing it now it it, it he never really answers and doesn't necessarily buy it, yeah, but it buys him time. Did she bring and, up that he has a daughter too? I feel like. Or he yes, a, he mentions yeah, his daughter. Yeah. Basically, his moment, his last m- memory was this battle. Um, it's a little fuzzy on how he ended up on Earth, but this mm-hmm. battle, and he lo- he loses his his daughter fights next to him in this battle, and he loses her, and you know, then he wakes up there. So yeah, she she pokes that little dendrite here up in his mm-hmm. head and tries to reactivate that synapse. manipulator then clara <laughs> he pauses briefly and then uh an ice warrior ship does come in contact he mm-hmm. had he is not the last ice warrior and uh they you show know. up for mars you know it took him a second they're coming from mars <laughs> yeah give him a, give him a second yeah, jeez. jeez and he leaves and then you know the doctor looks around and is like i think we all learned a little <laughs> lesson and then he leaves <laughs> I mean, and then the cold so, war ends yeah and then the, the cold, cold war ends. <laughs> yeah it's great and that's why we don't talk about it anymore but uh yeah Interesting. It's very. It's very I wet. thought they were cool. It's a very wet episode. Everybody's wet, wet. all the time, like because the sub is sinking and then there's water and everywhere, and that was I mean, kind of fun. I think it's interesting. John, and John and I, like, yes, we're huge fans of the movie The Hunt for Red October. Uh, by the way, the way what I was mentioning, the way they switch into English in The Hunt for Red October is mm. they actually begin speaking Russian up until they're reciting <laughs> a bit of poetry and. They on the word Armageddon, they zoom into the guy's mouth. John McTiernan is the director. And then on the moment he says the word Armageddon, they zoom out and now they're speaking. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The British, the King's British? What, yeah. what do you call that? Um, anyway. King's English, yeah. Um, from then on. But BBC yeah, we're big fans of that movie. But I would also say I've never really seen a sub movie that I don't I like some better than others. On Friday, is my favorite. But I, I like all of them. I think it's just a great place to set drama. Like it's enclosed. Yeah, it's very tense. Yep. Lot, yeah, there's so much tension. Crimson Tide, brilliant. Crimson Tide's great. Das Boot. Um, the uh, U571 is a newer one. That was yeah, pretty, not, that's um, new, but it Ice was, Station Zebra. Have you ever seen that one? That's a yeah, great one. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I liked it <laughs> like this episode was like that stuff. <laughs> it was sort of like i can't go wrong i thought the, it's very pacey it moves very fast <clears throat> i thought this guy looked cool like i said it's the first time seeing I, best i can describe it as like it's just in clara and like a, just a normal episode yeah i don't know just part just a companion now. and um uh, she's doing well <laughs> no i like her <laughs> i like she's charming but it didn't like it didn't grab me and like wow this is just one of the best i just enjoyed it but I, you know, that was well, there's nothing. I mean, I think it's a. I think it's. Uh, it is a good episode. It's very. Uh, it, it's. Uh, it's very economically told. I feel like. Like I mean, I feel like uh, it's. But what's great is that what what takes our next episode like 25, 30 minutes to get through. Um, like we found yeah. an ice where we thought out a block of ice. Now he's ramp ramp. That happens in like two minutes, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> True. It very quickly at the beginning of the thing. Uh, so it's a very. It, it's it's got a very rap pace. This is Mark Gatiss uh, who wrote it, which explains why it's so gay i mean <laughs> phallic submarines come on gatus just give it a rest buddy 
<laughs> it's uh and uh yeah it's, it's it's just rockets along it's a very fast pace but it's not particularly i think why i think why i mean we're hesitant to give it like this is a great you know the greatest uh is because it's not particularly clever like the beats are pretty predictable the ice warrior coming out of the thing that was a little bit of a surprise but you know yeah there's gonna be a missile crisis yeah at some point he's probably gonna try to fire the missiles yes they're going to appeal to his honor yes the block of ice is gonna melt in the ice i mean all you know right. there's gonna be a guy a russian guy who doesn't like what they're doing uh, it, it's it's not it does not reach uh, far in terms of clarity, which is fine, actually. I mean, you know, sometimes yeah, just like a, a regular solid story episode, is like, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't always need to be the most clever thing. I like, uh, I do, I think David Warner's very good. And I think Clara's very good. And I think there's some nice character moments uh, with her. Uh, and like her, be, she's being very brave, going in to talk to the Ice Warrior. And obviously being, uh, uh, you know, confrontation. She, she uh, I think they also make it, this is the moment. And we've seen this in other stories, I feel like, with um uh you know with amy or others uh where it's like the adventure becomes real like it's like oh we could die here like there seems to be right. a, it's a nice it's a nice element of the modern uh series where they're kind of you know every every there's a moment because i feel like it does seem like all right we're off on this great adventure and we're gonna travel in time it's gonna be so much fun and all that kind of stuff and it's like oh we could all die yeah uh, <laughs> here um which is good i think that's a nice moment props to uh the voice of the ice warriors that is nick briggs who is the voice of the daleks and the voice of the cybermen uh, and he just does all the voices at this point. We, you have seen this ice wars before. Remember uh, the the curse of Peladon? They were they were the good guys. We'll come back to that. Uh, remember the ambassador uh, there? And uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention that uh, again. You can tell Mark Gatiss is a long term Doctor Who fan. The the reference at the end. Why? So remember the TARDIS disappeared uh, at the beginning uh, spontaneously. Uh, right at the beginning of wait. Sorry, at the beginning of the episode. Like they land, they come out, uh, and then the TARDIS suddenly disappears. It suddenly dematerializes on its own. Uh, and that is a reference to the HADS, the hostile action displacement system, uh, which is the TARDIS is under threat. It will move. This was a second Doctor innovation that only ever uh, happens like twice <laughs> three times in the whole series but this is a this is mark gatis showing off his his who nerd credentials so this is a thing mm. that people remember <clears throat> uh and yeah i mean and oh, i have to say that i thought did you i thought the submarine effects were very good like underwater it didn't it didn't yeah. look like a toy in a bathtub <laughs> no <laughs> no it looked again similarly it wasn't like amazing it was just it was very competent it was like yeah that looks good i'm nothing's taking me out of this this is yeah this is this is good underwater good armageddon underwater fun underwater fun well, why don't we move on to our classic episode mm-hmm. and i'm trying to remember how the wait Speaking can we uh, lightning well, paste you can tell me more about this as we go through here, but the Ice Warriors were in the Curse of Paladon. You'll have to refresh my memory on this. Um, all right, so uh, it's the one with uh, Alpha Centauri. Uh, remember yeah. the big eye with a little... Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that spot-on impression I just did? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah, and they're on King Peladon, and uh, and so there was the big lumbering Ice Warriors that we're seeing here in these two stories, but then uh, there was the Ice Lord, uh, Islier, and he's got, like, he's a little bit, he talks a little bit more smoothly, and he's got, like, a little, he's got a cape he's a cool ice warrior. he's a cool ice warrior yeah okay well all right uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh we are going to talk about you know it's like you only watch these once and then you just move it's, on i don't well, know <laughs> you know it's not... i don't know what's going on <laughs> 
Oh no! A normal person watches them eight times. <laughs> All right, we are going to talk about the Ice Wars. Yeah. It is season five. Uh, it is six episodes, but mm-hmm. this is what we'll mainly talk about here. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of episodes. It aired in 1967 from the 11th of November to the 16th of December. So you know you're getting ready for Christmas. You're doing your shopping. You'd come yeah. home. You'd watch the Ice Warrior. <laughs> the plot would move forward about two steps. You'd it's wait another snowy. week. It's snowy outside. It's snowy inside. You're yeah. yeah. You're, you're building this out. is uh, Patrick Trout. This is the second doctor along with Jamie and hey. Victoria. Hey. Who, I like this group because these were this was the group for um what was it? The Caves of Androzani? Is that no 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 no, no. Uh, this was the group for the uh, Web of Fear. The Web of Fear, yeah, yeah. No, <clears throat> something else I'm not thinking of. The first Cyberman one. Um, uh Tomb of the Cybermen, yeah. Yes, Tomb <clears throat> of the Cybermen. Or maybe not the first one, but Tomb yeah. of the Cybermen. Yeah, one of your first Cybermen. I like this group. So let us hear a little bit of a clip yeah open up come on open up i say very well let's count to ten one two three oh. who are you i never answer questions until i'm addressed properly you will answer But if you do that, my body will explode. Oh yes, poor. All right. Poor, so poor. I'm gonna <clears throat> summarize this, but like we said, it's a it's a very long story. <laughs> now, I think I'm gonna summarize it fairly quickly because there's like it it drags on in a lot of parts. But then when I'm kind of looking through the summarization in some of the areas, the summarization's very long too. <laughs> so I don't know. The core, the problem is, is it's characters arguing about the same thing back and forth. Yeah. A lot. Right, right, yeah. right. There's a lot yeah. of that. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're at, we are on earth in Britain. Yep. Yeah. Because Britannic what we find space. out is Essentially, global warming, we were off on that. We had a bunch of global cooling. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're here on a Britannica space. Mm-hmm. So we're in Great Britain. What's happened is the due to I forget why they they had to, they we got rid of a plants. bunch of plants. Yeah. Well, we no, ate, I know, I but after, they said the why we got rid of the plants. And I don't remember because I think we made just started making artificial food or something like that. And then, we had to get rid of the plant. There, I don't know. The population grew. And then and it has I actually has my favorite uh, line. De- one of my favorite line deliveries is from Clint, uh, played by Peter Parkworth, his name, um, who is a great performance. But he does this whole speech where he explains what happens. And he has this great line reading where he says, and then one year there was no spring. It's just wonder. He's very good. Anyway, yes, yes, very, that was a very good. poignant moment. <clears throat> yes. So, right. So basically, because of human in- interference, we plunge the earth into a third, fourth ice age, whatever ice yeah, age yeah. we were on. Another one. Uh, did, did another round. What, ra- another round of ice age. You know, do they say um, what year? We're in the future. Yeah, but it's not too far. Well, I, get, I, mean, I don't know. It doesn't. 
I don't, doesn't look like it's mentioned here. I'll try to root around for that. But so, I do like, did you like, by the way, how they, I enjoyed how it's set in like a, a Victorian house or something like that. And they kind of yeah. just threw away like, oh, so it's preserved as part of the National Trust. They keep it historically like it was back in the day. So like, that we can <laughs> reuse this set. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So, so, but basically the ice sheets have come up all through Africa and for some reason, Britain is still livable. Africa has gone. I don't know, I mean, maybe that makes sense, but it just seemed kind of funny. So they are on a scientific mission to, to try and determine. Uh, or they're, they're holding doing, back. They're holding. Yeah, the way they're pushing back the ice sheets is they're essentially, they, they explain it as like they, ionization. Ionized. But, <laughs> but I don't know why they're talking about ionization to do this, but they're essentially saying they're they're lensing parts of the atmosphere right. to focus just, the sun and like burn up melting ice it, I guess. locally, yeah. right. which doesn't really make sense. But at any rate. But you can't melt too much of it because if you do, the entire planet will flood. Like you have to right. just gently melt it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. So they're on the scientific mission to do that. That's where they arrive. And uh, another key part here, which is hit over and over again, is this mission. What they're doing is actually very relevant to today's day and age, which is all they talk about is saying, we're trying to solve this thing, but our real role is to present things in the right form to the computer. Right. And then the computer will solve this. We have to trust in the computer. computer, Right. The world computer. And it is like this form of AI that they're trying to feed the right information from and certain parts of the scientific crew have basically mm-hmm. given themselves over to the computer of like look whatever they say that's what we have to do and we, we have to feed it the right information and-, and can i just take a moment of credit here because when i wrote out the show order a year and a half ago i said you know what i think probably the ai breakthrough <laughs> will be about may 2023 right. <laughs> so we better have this one yeah yeah you're so welcome world blindly following the world computer and the reason they are i mean like we're seeing them in this moment but they're they're getting into it because the world computer it sounds like was sort of what helped them humans basically screwed up some of the stuff and then yeah. the development of the world computers would sort of at least save them and gotten to this point right so you know they're they're very trusting of it and all that we're on this base um the doctor victoria and jamie are there and um just mentioning this other group before we get into the ice warrior is that there's another group which is a kind of a renegade scientist who's left who Penley. is tired of this sort of rigid thought and and giving everything over to the computer he's escaped that is it Bent, bentley what is it what penley penley is penley. Penley. played by the great peter salas uh, and he yeah he's really great and he's there with kind of a offlander a, lo- a loyalist a, a survivalist or a, yeah he, no. you know you did say something but he's scottish uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like i feel like there are some jokes about scottish people in there that maybe go right. over my head <laughs> right i think that's right because he and jamie were immediately like oh hey like the great angus lenny uh who's sort of the stock scottish character and a lot of, and we'll see him again in a couple of weeks uh in terrors of Zygons, so they're working toward all this and they're trying you know this is sort of the a bad shape that earth is in this actually and they're saying trying to avert a new ice age but it seems like the ice age is pretty much <laughs> pretty uh, whatever much here, yeah so and then similar to the sub it's like hey we got this block of ice over here we're thawing it out and they actually think oh it's a discovery we found another civilization whatever and we find that it is an ice warrior and then so similar things happen where it's like oh my god we got to fight it what do we do ice warrior talks really cool looks less cool because that that 
that uniform bunches up around the crotch. Looks like he's wearing Depends or something. And this is, by the way, uh, the six episodes, episodes two and three are missing. So if you buy this on iTunes or mm. get it in a bunch of places, they'll show one of the 2D animated ones, kind of like the Macro Terror, which I really like. I think they look good. But but they, I thought it was good that in the animated ones, they do an accurate job of making it look kind of dumb looking like the, <laughs> <laughs> like the actual costume. Apparently it was insanely, so there's apparently very different because it is a, it's a it's a fiberglass shell around like the rubber uh, costume or something and so yes apparently it is very difficult to wear <laughs> because it's like <laughs> five thousand pounds or something like that uh and uh, nearly killed most of the actors but you know that's, so that's they talk about it they talk about some of the origin of them a little or the doctor talks about it but i don't know like to our point basically there's a lot of back and forth victoria is of course captured Jamie yeah, is then captured and injured. The, the companions, this is a <clears throat> companion era where it's, there's lots of just capturing for. <laughs> and by the way, I, I should have mentioned this right in the beginning. The second doctor is incredibly fey and in a great fur <laughs> coat. Uh, he just is like just doing some great stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they get captured. And then there's a lot of this tension of danger is imminent or things are happening. And the scientists are sort of their feet are in cement where they're just like, well, we just need to wait and see what the computer says. And they just keep doing this over and over again. Yeah. One thing they finally get to very similar to, you know, similar plot to like how from 2001 in, in a way is saying we're asking it for a solution that will kill it. Ultimately what's involved in the solution is the computer just relegating itself to to death essentially and so right. it will not it won't lead us toward it will never lead us toward that because it feels like that's against its prime directive to kill itself so it's not giving us answers and it is it's a nice there's there's a nice it is a nice setup and it so basically yeah. it's like it's it's okay um the ice warrior ship is buried in the ice the ionizer melts the ice the ice warrior ship is buried in the ice as the ice as the glacier moves forward the ship is getting closer uh, the ice warriors think, oh, the humans have this weapon that could blow us up. And the humans are like, oh, but if we blow it up and it has the wrong kind of engines, it will cause a massive, basically, nuclear holocaust or whatever yeah. in the whole thing. And, so, and it's also not a weapon. The ionizer is right. not a weapon. Like, and they, so they the... don't, neither side quite knows and they don't want to give away their, you know, the humans don't want to let the ice warriors know that they actually are afraid to shoot the weapon. And the ice warriors don't want to let the humans know that actually I think their engines wouldn't cause this problem or whatever. And so it's a nice uh, setup that is... Um, uh, set up and explained many, many times. <laughs> right. And, and and it's also a common thing. Well, you know what's going to happen. Ultimately, the rogue scientists come back. Yeah. Comes back. Uh, the ones who are kind of shackled to only do what the computer say, find themselves at a disadvantage. Some of them end up dying. And, and th <clears throat> then Penley comes back and says, look, we're going to work without the computer. Clint ultimately agrees. And uh, they... You know, they start the ironizer. the The ship does explode, but it doesn't start a chain reaction. So it's sort of, you know, it, it does destroy the ice warriors, who we haven't mm -hmm. even really determined are bad. But <laughs> just but stuck. so, yeah. so yeah, I don't want to. And really, that is my main. I enjoyed this episode. My main problem is just what we talked about, which is like I just sort of started to lose interest because they kept treading the same thing over and over again. But I, I, I liked it at the beginning. I thought, like, yeah, like you mentioned, several of the actors whose names I did not know. I thought everyone was doing a really good job. It's an interesting little scenario. It's like. Really, right in Doctor Who wheelhouse. Yeah, writing. it's another base under siege, right? So there's Patrick Troughton. It also and feels like theme. this kind of writing, probably including some of the padding and stretching out, feels like 
oh, this is a template they did again later in like Fourth Doctors and stuff yeah. like that. Like they really use like because it kept having to remind myself, oh, this is actually only the second Doctor. This is early on. Like mm-hmm. and it was really good, but it was just should have been six episodes. <laughs> it should have been maybe maybe three. Like yeah, I mean, three or four at the most. And it would have been great. Yeah. It would have been like really really good. Yeah, and it was great. It's uh, it's just by Brian Hales, who had written. Actually, I think maybe the only one he's written before this is the Smugglers one, which we did not enjoy. But that the the pirate one with the first Doctor. But that is, of course, because I think we didn't have any of it on uh, video. It is the first appearance of the Ice Warriors. I think you're right. The actor, I, I this one, the the thing that I think always my favorite character in this one is Clint, the the leader of the thing with the you know, and whoever decided to give him the walking stick uh, and sort of just <laughs> emphasize like that the human, you know, is more and then make him dependent on the computer. Uh, his performance is great. I, it blows me away every time because I think he's really, really good in it. I think Penley, I think Peter Salas is excellent. The Ice Warrior is played by Bernard Breslau, who apparently is a very, was a very, at the time, a very well-known comedian. Um, and I think I even read somewhere it was like, they were like, it was kind of a big deal that they'd cast him. I think he'd been in movies and stuff like that. Uh, he's also giant. He's also huge. He is like six six foot nine or eight or something. Like that. And so he towers over everyone else they wanted. Um, but they were also kind of like, wait, why are we hiring this? It's like, hey, we've got a famous actor in it. Oh, so where is he? Oh, he's in, a, in an alien. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not talking like himself and he's not being funny. I do give him credit. They give uh, 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 for Doctor Who. They have many ice warriors, not just one. And then like he goes out of the room and then there's like there's three more back here. Oh, they just they just <laughs> left. There's like a number of them. Victoria again gets on my nerves. This one, she's a, there's a lot of running around and screaming. And what about Jamie and all that kind of stuff? But I, in general, I think they're all um, they're all very good. I think you're right, Patrick. This is one of Patrick Chutton's definitely one of his like bumbling like oh <laughs> things. I think it's a great. Isn't there a great scene where I think this is the one where he's uh he's in the lab or something like that, and they show him a machine that can make any chemical formula that he can think of and stuff like that. And he says, Oh, excellent. And he like uses the machine is this whole moment, like two minutes of him using the machine. And then he opens the thing and he pulls it. And they're like, what did you make? He's like, Oh, water. I'm very thirsty. He just drinks the water. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it is, um, it's very, uh, it is interesting to see the computer storyline. Right. And, and uh, think about it in the context of today. Oh, also I do want to call out the, um, the fantastic soundtrack, the operatic. Oh, <laughs> and the cool opening sequence which yeah little titles this story ice. has its own little title sequence that's unique to it and they use it all six times it's yeah really funny. and it's funny too the i mean it is um uh it is interesting you know clearly they're in a studio with um you know uh, polystyrene styrofoam uh snow and uh and ice everywhere and stuff like that but yeah no this is um it is it's very um it does it's like the i think by now the movie the thing from another world had come out the original one which this borrows heavily from right i mean you've got the alien in the ice the ice melts and the alien goes on which i think was there's a john carpenter version which i've heard is very horrifying and i've never seen very good scare me uh (laughs) but i've seen the 50s version where they find a saucer under the ice and all that kind of stuff uh and um yeah clearly borrows sort of the key scenes uh, from that and you can also see that the cold war if you just watch borrows key scenes yes the melting ice warrior and the explanations and and stuff like that so yeah this is a this is this is definitely regarded as a uh, a second doctor classic like the sort of prototypical atypical or a typical uh, second doctor story well i will leave you with this additional fact which is that the 
German public TV watched this show prior to deciding whether or not they were going to pick up Doctor Who, and they refused unanimously. <laughs> Reasons given including included starry-eyed decoration and costumes, as well as obscure scripts. And <laughs> as Wikipedia says, subsequently, Doctor <clears throat> Who remained relatively unknown in German-speaking countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, okay. Ah. <laughs> It's the happy May holiday season. Just, well, it's cold. It's, it's cold sort of a cold and icy. time. Nuclear ice. Armageddon. No. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that the uh, movie White Christmas is a metaphor for the entire Cold War. That's right. Yes. <laughs> well, you have to melt down Rosemary's attitude towards right. relationships. She is the USSR and Bing Crosby is, of course, America. <laughs> Danny Kay is like, I guess, Britain in this. I'm not Canada? sure. Where he I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, we heard here into the repeating themes here on No Not the Bind Bros. We like to talk about topics that come up and, and <laughs> pop out of their, their heads out of the <laughs> sand like a groundhog. They don't really live in sand, but just go with me. <laughs> Yeah, stay with us. <laughs> they repeat. Again, we're right? working they, without writers this week. Right? <laughs> we like to talk about stuff that happens in Doctor Who more than once. Mm-hmm. And N relates Doctor Who to the rest of the civilized world. John, what did you want to mention in terms of thematic things in this episode? Well, so I, 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 I want to ask you. How do you like your aliens served? Uh, and, right? So what were what was the ice warriors are an interesting um, and and we see this a little bit in Cold War. Uh, we see their starting point in, in the ice warriors. Obviously, we see a little bit of this, and then uh, we see sort of their development up to Cold War. Uh, and they've had a few uh, subsequent appearances. We have seen now Curse of Peladon, where they were the good guys. Uh, you know, the ambassador and uh, ends up being. Uh, and then um, there was also the monster of Peladon and the Seeds of Death. Um, and uh, what's interesting about them is the Ice Wars are one of those monster races in Doctor Who that have developed a bit of character. Uh, that in that they're not um, all evil, uh, and they have a code of honor, and they are you know supposed to be complex characters, and they're you know they're not just monster of the week that that roams around killing everything. So the question is, which do you prefer? Which should monsters be? Right? Because you can you know are they are they just meant to be the cool thing that, that marauds around? And we all know we can unite against the monsters. We know they're bad. Or do you want the complex monster that has a therapist? As <laughs> <laughs> upset. What is what is the monster? I you- like I like the monster that has the the backstory or the the reasoning for what they're doing. Like why why are they doing what they're doing? And I think, or at least. Some of the ones I've really liked are when you can kind of relate to why they're doing what they're doing, even if you're like, well, you really shouldn't be destroying the entire earth. <laughs> That's a little much, but no. we can kind of see what where you're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you know, we don't I mean, want you to destroy. For background folks, Porter was uh, once frozen alive for uh, centuries. Yeah, yeah. So really relates to stories. And, that <laughs> and for background John lives on Earth, and so yeah. that is, that colors his feelings about a lot of these things. We've always had that sort of odd couple <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> but yeah, I like the ones where you they're not just 
mindless automatons just Killing like marching machines. toward you. Mm. Like they have some kind of philosophy that you might not agree with the philosophy. You're like, well, that's their thing. They're consistent. Mm-hmm. I also like, I do like the ones I'm trying to think of examples of this. The, the Centaurans might be the ones where we've seen enough where we see this. The Centaurans come to mind, but there might be others where there's a overriding cultural thread to mm-hmm. the monster, mm-hmm. to the race of people, to the planet, whatever. But then there's room for variations on a theme within the different ones you see right. that they all still match up and are Centaurans. But within the Centaurans, you have different ones. To, it's not just all like cookie cutter, like they are all the same, which right. to be honest, Silurians is, why, is I, a big one, right? They're the ones that are always Silurians. all the different characters. Yeah. And in a weird way, I think I, I like the Cybermen, even though they are completely not like that. But I don't know. There's something about them. They they come back in different flavors, which I like. Yeah, it, it's why I've never really. I don't really love the Daleks. I still can't really get into them because they, even though they've introduced lots of weird little variations of Daleks, they just always feel like the same, like relentless. Yeah, right. we just kill everyone, and I'm like, I but why? I don't just I don't understand sometimes. <laughs> so I like the ones that have more of a. There's something to them. Yeah, like the, their hmm. therapist could tell you where they're coming from, <laughs> and and then that's consistent. They stick with it. But they have a reason for wanting to take over the Earth. Yeah, the Solarians mm-hmm. is great because basically they're like, we were here. Like, this is our Earth. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. That, I like that. And some of them are like, we should kill everybody. And some of them are like, don't kill everybody. Kill some people, but not all the people. So an example yeah. like I will give is a very common one from the, you know, from the Infinity War thing is I liked the way that that villain, Thanos, had this philosophy where he was saying, I'm trying to kill half of I want to kill half the population of the universe (laughs) because I think too much suffering is caused by all the people in the universe. And if we could just clear out, if we could just get some elbow room around here, it's it's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, wow, that's a really barbaric solution to it. But he when laid out, he was like, I'm not doing that. I paid mm-hmm. me to do this, but mm-hmm. like, I think we will all ultimately be better for this. So that is scarier because it's sort of, oh, he has a reason for this. He's, right. he's, I could buy into this. I could get behind this. And he can't be dissuaded. It's like, no, he's thought this through. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not like, don't stop. You're hurting people. It's like, yes, I'm well aware. I thought through all of this. I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that seems scarier. Interesting. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's like you compare it. So, uh, I'm trying to think of like the place then of like like zombies, right? Have no They're motivation, just, right? <laughs> right? Like you're not going to reason with them, so you just shoot them in the head. I like get a little bored of that, yeah. You just shoot them in the head, yeah. Or um, uh, yeah, robot like the um stormtroopers uh, or the robots that uh, in the prequels and whatever. Uh, well, like but the oh, Empire has a. Yeah, but you're saying the, storm, the stormtroopers themselves, the, the, right, the robots the, themselves, right? It's just like, and and um, um, yeah, and it's like it's cool to it is cool to def- see them defeated in interesting ways, but at the same time, it's also like, yeah, they're just cannon fodder. Like it's not, yeah. Just yeah no, I guess sometimes you need that. I mean, but yeah, I yeah. So it's like, um, um, does, complex motivations are important. Um, on some of yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Well, it's like, what do I enjoy more? Or like, you know, do you do I? Is there something about like uh, I uh, I. Uh, that I just want to relax and just, I just want to relax and watch people kill a whole bunch of people with no money. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> like, you know what? Why though? does it have to be so complicated? The other thing is 
it, and Doctor Who does this a lot, I think. There's a, there's a, sometimes can be a failing where you add in some complex thing to the, the monster in the story because it just feels like that's usually a mandate for Doctor Who. Like, hey, we're not just going to put them in here. We're going to give a, a raison d'etre and tell them there's all these things about this race of people. But then there's also like a complex plot going on within the, some main human group in the doctor. And then there's a separate plot going on with like a, a B part of the human mm-hmm. group. And it's like, okay, actually let's just let the monster be like a thing we have to <laughs> shoot at because there's, we got a lot going on here. And I think in like for zombie shows, for example, the ones that have been successful more recently, that's true. Like hey, the zombies are the zombies. They don't, they have a motivation, but it's like, it's like almost a genetic motivation. It's like, right. we just want to pass on we the want disease. To eat brains. Yeah. yeah. So then they add in a bunch of plot to the human and that's so that's what you're really following and then the zombie is just like a pressure it's just mm-hmm. like a pressure mm-hmm. on the um it's not in a way it's not the central con- it's it's a it's just move it's a momentum to the mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. or the movie but in doctor who sometimes they when they do both it does get a little it can get a little loss of like unless it meshes up perfectly right um, but i feel like three things either happen it's either too complex and it's like okay i guess the alien had this complex motivation but i'm kind of lost in all that because this other th- three things are happening over here right yeah. or it matches okay. up perfectly and it's like this wonderful episode or it's too clever by half and it's like Oh, the alien is representative of the human conflict yeah. as well, and there and it's a little like, oh gosh, yeah, like you're other people want to show parallels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting point because it's like, okay, so like structurally, any so even a sitcom, even a twenty-two minute sitcom has at least two stories, often three, right? A, B, yep. and a C plot. The ones with the that have to have a, a big enough cast. So it'd be interesting to go back and look at. Uh, I'm going to start a project where I'm going to catalog plots. Okay. Uh, you should go back and be like, all right, when they have a huge, a large TARDIS crew or a big bunch of guest stars, uh, guest cast of, of the good guys, um, is it more likely that the monster is going to be a faceless, easy thing? And it's like when they have a smaller cast, like just the Doctor and Clara and, you know, the Soviet sub or whatever, then it's like, oh, we need another source of tension. So we need, like, like the ice warrior is a great example of, uh, which is good because we're talking about it in this episode. they have have, uh the doctor uh uh, jamie victoria interacting with the people on the base they have the scientists interacting you know penley and and um, clint they have penley and store uh and sort of the distrust there's a lot of there's many many plots going on that they'll add like also you know one of the ice warriors is having an affair with another one of the ice warriors wife or something like that would be a little too much uh storylines it's like yeah, maybe it's like you create more complex characters because you just need more story to uh, to fill the thing uh, to just as a, as a mechanical necessity. Well, that's kind of, yeah. Know. And then those come in handy. Right. And yeah. and I, I think they throw in the doll. And to me, maybe that's where the dollars get thrown off sometimes because like it's just like a force of just like, hey, we just need this pressure of evil on this right. and or maybe Let's something for some the people. other people yeah. to rally around and fight or fail to do that or mm-hmm. whatever. That's great. But then when they throw in all the complexity about like, I don't know what the Daleks are doing or this is a new brand of Daleks or whatever. It's like it just doesn't seem to work for me. But yeah, I could be there's so many Dalek stories that well, it could be that I. Um, but they are simply they're reasonably simple for the motivation. Uh, it's uh, it's compared like uh, I'm seeing the parallel would be look at Star Trek and look at the Klingons who are a complex enemy that have good ones and bad ones and all sorts of things back and forth versus the Borg who are straightforward they're just gonna try to kill right. you uh, kind of thing um, and it's Borg interesting. More in- 
The Borg more introduced like sometimes they were clever plot device. Either right. the Borg is just like, oh my god, the Borg, plot. we gotta figure out a way around it. Or there's like, here's a little twist on the Borg plot. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's just like, hey, yeah, but there's but- still the bad guy, which is interesting because right? it's like, okay, I wonder if it's a time thing and. You know, that was just, do we want more complex characters now or not? Like the Klingons, yes, were the dominant enemy of early Star Trek. And they've always been fairly complicated, even from their very first appearances. Some uh, really interesting, I think, balance of terror. Anyway, uh, or maybe they were elements. I don't know. Anyway, they were always somewhat <laughs> complex. Uh, and then, <laughs> but now, now the main baddie in Star Trek is the Borg. And it's just like, isn't it easier to root for our heroes against this relentless evil that we don't ever really care about? I wonder if it's a reflection of our modern society where we prefer to see our enemies as a monster monolithic block uh who are nothing like us and have and 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 we just can hate uh uniformly and that folks is the kind of intellectual thought that the mind probe <laughs> offers you so let that <laughs> let that one fester overnight all right having solved all modern plots uh, <laughs> we will now move on to ranking big ranking time some episodes there are 300 official doctor who television stories i think we're still standing at 300 yep, and yep, yep. we have ranked 156 of them so as we said we're we've crested the hill like the sisyphian rock has mm-hmm. actually gone up the top of the hill we are now we're now just riding this boulder down. Right. Yep. <laughs> like Until the next season comes out and then suddenly it's like the hill just came back. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and we went down like gross. a little dip. I think we're going to get far enough ahead. I think we are. When the season comes out, we'll still... It will be... Disp- Look, believe me, when more Doctor Who comes out, it will be dispiriting and, and really <laughs> get us down. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for me, because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch that for like five more years. <laughs> and it's really exciting what's happening right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I know. Anyway, we're going to get started. About just I'm think about the ice wars. I know there's a lot of exciting Doctor Who stuff going on right now, but just stay focused on the ice wars. <laughs> these are interesting, yeah. ranking these. Right. This is going to be exciting. I'd say at first blush, I'm like, I liked the Cold War. Like I said, I like the Cold War fine. Hey, it's a submarine story. You're always going to get Porter Mason on board with that. Mm-hmm, with some mm-hmm. submarine action. Um, but it didn't blow me out of the water. Kind of cool alien. That's all right. Clara, this is all pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then the Ice Warriors, I really liked. But mm. then it just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so it really got hurt for me. Mm. Uh, because that. So I ended up putting the Cold War at 46 i uh, mm. put it right after the god complex just above the doctor's wife yeah again as we've talked about so many times like he's just good and claire's good too and so it ends up in a pretty good region there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah enjoyable episode i would yeah it's fun to watch i'd watch mm-hmm. again Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ice Warriors ended up going down here and I re- came across an episode that uh, was probably unfairly ranked kind of low, but it's going to end up, I think, in an OK place in terms of how I like mm-hmm. have I've liked the show, which is I got to the Ark in Space, which is an early one right. we watched mm-hmm. and I'd ranked it pretty low, but we filled out the rankings by now. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it is ranked 89 out of 160. So mm-hmm. it's, it's right, right in the middle. And I said, well, I like that better than this. I, I definitely did. But I'll, but I'll, but I'm gonna stop there and say I'm gonna put it just below that. So I'm gonna rank it number ninety. Yeah, kind of in the middle. Um, it was good. I, but I really think like this could have been one of my more favorite uh classic Doctor Who's. But just, just a little, little long. And, and again, the animation didn't bother me. I enjoy those. But just the, the same. Your your point was they keep having the same conversation over yeah. and over. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're close here, at least. Certainly on Cold War. I've got Cold War at number 43. Um, uh, I've got it uh, right around uh, Earthshock, which uh, yeah, is a Cyberman yeah. story. And similar kind of thing, right? Very pacey, a lot of action, not a complex plot, good monster, exciting stuff happening. Uh, and uh, uh, it's definitely a story where it's just like you're watching it and you're like, oh, hey, it's it's over. Uh, that was fast. Uh, yeah. It definitely did not. It did not drag. Um, Matt Smith, great. Clara, great. Uh, um, I do like David Warner. Matt Smith, great. Clara, great. <laughs> so, yes, solid one. Good special effects. Uh, and, of course, super gay. And then uh, <laughs> next up, the Ice Warriors are a little higher than you. Sure. Uh, I have it at number 56. Uh, so a little below this one. Um, I have around the waters of Mars, 42. Uh, Angels take Manhattan. It's in that, uh, in that sort of area. Um, and I think, for me, it comes to, it is it is too long. But I really like the performances. Yeah, uh, like I said, I really, I it's 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 sort of solidly cast throughout, and and everybody is is really doing a very good job with it, which is you know even more impressive when you realize they're on like a tiny set with like people throwing like <laughs> feathers at them, it's like you're in the snow now, and they're like, it's, ah. <laughs> it's filmed well too. They they have some nice shots and the I high think, angles and yeah yeah, and they did it very nice. So um and uh, and I think it also it has a cozy like. I mean, it is it is sort of the archetypal. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, second Doctor story, right? Like the base under siege. The Doctor shows up. He's a disruptive element. There's you know some. He's got of, a fur coat. Yeah, <laughs> there's a base commander who's really stressed out, uh, and there's other stuff going on. And so it is. It is, but it does it. Uh, it does it very well. Um, and yeah, you know, I should say we you know, we, we we touched on this, but the Ice Warriors are a great invention. It's a cool. It's a cool monster and idea. You know, and it is. It probably should, should give a notice uh, or mention something. It's a sci-fi show. Something had to come from Mars. And this is what sure. they came up with. <laughs> right. They were like, hey, there's a Martian. Uh, and the idea of like, there were Martians. They are long gone. But some of them might still be around. And, you know, maybe he's chucking our ice caps. Apparently a number of them are stuck in our ice caps. So <laughs> it's kind of a cool a cool way to approach it rather than just having aliens from showing up from uh, their prisons right. on Mars. So, yeah. Uh, a solid story, number 56. All right. Well, oh, uh, say, oh, so, yes. folks, I can now bring in uh, Doctor Who magazine is uh, is currently in the middle of its If 60th. you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, John, showing us yeah, uh, the magazine. magazine. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's 60th anniversary poll. So what they have done is they have uh, asked people to go uh, online uh, and... Uh, and rank stories from, I think, 1 to 10. So, or rank, give them up to 10 points. Uh, no limit. You can give everything 10 if you want. or uh, So no limits on that. Uh, you don't have to rank everything if you've never watched a story or something like that. So, um, and so this is how they've been doing this for a while now. Since 98, actually. Uh, on this. Uh, Ice Warriors coming in low. Coming in uh, and sinking. It is... It looks like it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven from the bottom uh, of the past really? thousand years. Yeah, uh, and it was it, it was high. It used to be in '98. It was the seventh most popular story, uh, and now well, do, do it they is ask the people 15th. to just rank again and again, or they're how is it? Uh, you just go in each story. You give up to ten points. Like I like this is a really good story. Like a ten. Right. Uh, yeah, and so. Um, just obviously not the same ratings thing. over all time. They just keep adding them together. They just compare. No, no. They just compare. This is a new poll for this year. They oh, just got comparing it. Okay, it yeah. To, yeah, they're just comparing it to all of them. So yes, this has fallen uh, quite a bit. Weird. It's steadily sinking. Uh, I think this is another one where this one existed for a while. For a, uh, obviously existed, but had two missing episodes, so it didn't. It didn't get repeated, and it didn't come out on video until very late. So it's another one that built up in people's heads. It's like, mm -hmm. ooh, the ice wars is a second story, uh, and as people have time to digest it, I think they sort of. 
uh, put it uh, put it low. Found it wanting. Yes, exactly. So, uh, Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, but the uh, number one story is the War Games, uh, which we have the, the, the epic 10-parter that we watched, um, which has gone out quite a bit. So, um, yeah, so uh, not not everybody's favorite story. And, of course, we haven't gotten in the Doctor Who magazine. We haven't gotten the rankings of uh, of the newest series yet. I'll let you know how Cold War is at a later episode. Well, I'm going to plug it into our own central computer. <laughs> and the computer is, is always right. Yeah. The computer is always right. <laughs> so. And so, yes, we did rank uh, the Cold War pretty similarly. For, uh, 43 for you, 46 for me. That means it ends up at 37. Mm-hmm. On our overall rankings, right above Let's Kill Hitler, right below Rise of Cybermen, Age of Steel, I think, mm-hmm. in the... Solid. Yeah, in, in a little tranche of uh, of New Who there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bells mm-hmm. of St. John around there, too. Uh, the Ice Warriors... We ranked, yeah, I ranked 90, you ranked 56, ends up splitting the difference there at mm-hmm. 76, right next to another one that we split in the opposite way, mm. <laughs> where you ranked 88, I ranked 56, Utopia from, from the new who. Yeah, and oh, Curse of Peladon. Curse is, of Peladon yeah, is right, right next there. to Ice Warriors. So <laughs> and I loved it, and you did not. <laughs> so go check out the website, mindprobe.show, where Do I... It. I will update with the rankings and you're actually able to see both John and my rankings. You can filter by them because the great computer shows it all. And, you know, we also take a look at here. We also try to check in on how are the different doctors doing? Um, Let me see where we are. 12th and 13th. I haven't ranked any of the 12th and 13th. Where does this put the second doctor? Still puts the second doctor. He is, I have the second doctor stories kind of low. Because I still have eleven. I have Matt Smith, then Tennant, then then I have the third Doctor. Okay, no, you actually, like okay. Third. So the second Doctor. I was just say uh, you 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 very you tend to be pretty positive on the second. Doctor. Yeah, the second yeah. and fourth Doctor I actually have pretty mm-hmm. similar. Whereas you have the fourth Doctor significantly significantly better. And as we've discussed, we both ranked the third Doctor. We we haven't seen all the third Doctor stories. Yeah, no. Also, the fourth Doctor has a lot more stories. Yes, you know, many so. more stories. It's going to even out, smooth out the bumps. You smooth can see all this on mindprobe.show. You can also see what our upcoming episodes are going to be. You yes. can subscribe to the show, which we'd love you to all do. All those things. By the way, you can also uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube. Uh, you can go to YouTube and search for uh, No Not The Mind Probe. You'll see some clips mm-hmm. of maybe some people saying no not the mind probe mm-hmm. ignore that look for our faces <laughs> yep. uh, or you can go to uh, youtube.com slash mind probe show i think that can get you there too um, sure try that now. well right. actually you have to say at mind probe you show. can do a, you uh, can do a lot of things on the internet these days you can just go to our website go to mind probe show we'll we link right to the youtube there you can get to it there too yeah all roads lead to mind probe. All roads lead to, to mind. We, by the way, we are on YouTube as a podcast. I guess you can follow podcasts now on YouTube. I, I don't know, but we have five subscribers. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Up to I think I think eighteen people watched our most recent. I mean, it's episode, just 12, rocketing. It's exploding. That's viral. I believe that's what's called viral. YouTube has asked us to post a few, just like take it down, or like yeah, don't post as many episodes down because their servers Capacity, are buckling. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, uh, you can only watch one thing at a time. Only one person yeah. at a time can be on YouTube. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so you have to yes. wait. Yes. It's a real line. Mm. Uh, John, what do we have in store for the next episode of this podcast? Well, uh, you know, uh, hold your hold your uh, your mom's hands because okay. it's horror. Okay. Horror is coming. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, there's going to be some hor- horror. Mm. 
and we have some uh, some haunted houses Ooh. coming up. Moving on in the Matt Smith uh, Clara uh, epics here. We're going to hide. Um, that's it. It's just called hide. There's no mm. yeah. It's just called hide. So hide. It's a it's a it's a 1970s set haunted house story, and uh, we have paired that with uh, a fourth Doctor Leela adventure called the Image of the Fendal. Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, which is also what my autobiography is called. I don't know why. <laughs> I think just I came out pull, of nowhere. I think I could pull off a fur coat. Or actually, here's my question: Can I pull off a fur coat, or should I try to pull off the ice warrior thing that goes right into Ooh. my crotch there and puffs out? <laughs> like, what well, do you think? The Who fur wore coat would, it best? The fur, the fur coat would be cooler. The crotch diaper is probably more likely <laughs> for all of us. That's where we're all headed. <laughs> We're all going to end up there. Mindprobe.show slash crotch diaper. 